0: Welcome to episode 68 of the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This episode is another group episode with coaches Ross Bennett, Andy Johnson, and Joel Carter. Ross and Andy have both been on the podcast before, so you can check out episodes with those those guys. Uh, episode 3 with Ross and episode 48 with Joel. Um, sorry, with, with Andy even. Joel has not been on the podcast yet, so it was great to have him on. Um, Joel's the lead spot scientist at Millwall This episode is all about coping with the coronavirus So it's something we're currently, um, as, this, as I record this, it's the 18th of March 2020 And we are going through a tricky stage dealing with the spread of the coronavirus So what I wanted to do is do a podcast to discuss what some of the coaches involved in the game are doing to cope with it How we're keeping players prepared At this moment in time It's a very uncertain time We are meant to be Returning to games next month But that isn't looking too hopeful right now So it is a case of of, um, And we, we talk about it in the episode That's one of the key points Is, is dealing and preparing for uncertainty And how we have to Constantly adapt as pract- practitioners So I wanted to get a bit of a discussion Going on it and um, the guys did a great job in giving their perspectives and uh, what and the approach they're taking and mindset they're taking to it so we spoke about the current position of the guys so um, Ross is at QPR with the academy Andy's at Shrewsbury and Joel is with Millwall so we spoke about the current position at, at those clubs with the players um, we spoke about preparing for uncertainty we spoke about the home programs that the players have been sent away with and also how that is going to be adapted just in case we go into full lockdown. So at the moment players do have access to gyms um, but there are talks that we could potentially go into full lockdown at some point. So that would obviously change what players could do. I just wanted to take this opportunity just to say that I hope everyone out there is, is staying safe and um, and looking after loved ones we mentioned in the episode quite a few times that there's bigger things than football out there um and this episode is obviously to help practitioners in the roles but at the same time we need to be looking after loved ones and especially elderly relatives and making sure that everyone's staying safe and just controlling it as much as we can um so yeah, I wanted to get this information out this week as soon as possible and hopefully it's beneficial. So reach out if it's helped you in any way. Um, drop us a message on Twitter or Instagram at FootballFitFed or email mail at footballfitfed.com. Here's the episode with Andy, Ross and Joel. Welcome to episode sixty eight of the Football Fitness Federation podcast. This is a special podcast, it's a group podcast and we are focusing, we are the mid-March at the moment, going through a bit of a change to normality at the moment, so I wanted to get this podcast together to talk about um, coronavirus, but obviously a lot it's affecting a lot of people, but I wanted to delve in with some top practitioners from the game to see how it's affecting their roles and what we're doing about it as well. So I'm delighted today to be joined by two previous guests of the podcast. um, We've got Ross Bennett from episode three, I think it was, Ross, way back back when, and uh, Andy Johnson, episode 48. And I'm also delighted to welcome Joel, last minute as well, Joel. Joel stepped in, saved the day. Uh, Joel Carter, the lead sports scientist at Millwall. So, lads, thank you very much for coming on. I'm just going to go to Joel first because I just mentioned that Andy and, and Ross have been on the show before. But, Joel, let's just go into your background a little bit. Just give us a little bit of brief history on where you've been, what you've been up to and what you do currently with Millwall.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, brief history. Um, like many others um, in the field, failed footballer, turned into... Uh, the next best thing for me was to work in the game itself. Um, spent a lot of time uh, interning as a yeah, as a young as a young student, really, uh, back in Australia. Um, subsequently, went to uni from pursuing football myself and, and figuring out basically why I was getting injured all the time and little bits and pieces like that. Um, after a few internships, um, went in and worked in, in multiple different areas, uh, working in rugby. Uh, some kayaking and rowing opportunities as well. Um, also um, went into some uh, yeah, rugby league, rugby union, um, and then got an opportunity to, um, to, uh, to join the Indian national team, um, which is my first kind of bigger football experience. I've been in football at, a, at, a, at an academy level um, in Australia, which, again, is, is, still, is still a growing capacity at the moment. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I got an opportunity to, uh, to head to India and, and join a national team. Uh, spent a couple of years there, and then um, at the end of my contract, I decided to um, to basically risk it all, kind of, and, and come over here and and give it a go. It took a while to uh, to, to find something, and yeah, sort of when I did, um, yeah, join Millwall at an assistant sports science capacity, and um, uh, yeah, pretty much worked under under some um, some fantastic practitioners. Still am. Um, and, uh, yeah, got uh, promoted into a lead, a lead sports scientist position uh, towards around what would have been the end of the year, start of the year, um, start of this year, sorry. Um, and, um, yeah, ever since, um, yeah, have been relishing the opportunity of, uh, of um, contributing to a uh, to a yeah, first team sports science in 23's um, perspective um, all the way through.
0: Awesome, man. And we're going to just run through everyone on the sort of the current situation because, like I I'm uh I don't know where, where your players are at, whether we're in training at the moment, whether we're not. And I know I spoke briefly to Andy before about um what the script is at Shrewsbury, but Joel, just to start with, what, what's the current situation at Millwall? Are you guys training? Are you are not? Like where are the players at?
1: Yeah, so uh our last structured training session was on, on Friday. Um we then um, we then have had the last four days off um, so that's been a challenge within itself um, initially we had a feeling that this was coming um, based off some of the some of the some of the press that was coming towards the end of last week and even through to sort of around the start of the week where we had Champions League ties being played behind closed doors and stuff like that so uh, myself and my head of performance had an idea of of where this was going to, this was going to head anyway. Um, And then we pretty much just had um, some, uh, some contingency plans in place for when that did happen. Um, And that's based on predominantly isolated training um, for the near future anyway. Um, So the lads have been um, working through both first team and 23s uh, through some isolated training um, schedules or programs um, based off uh, a couple of apps that we've been using. Um, and yeah, that's basically just keeping on top of, of those um, those individuals and um, collective teams, really. And then uh, yeah, we'll be back in um, uh, back in the training tomorrow for for the next few days um, until the uh, the um, international break was due to start. Where players will have uh, some additional time off as well.
0: Cool. And then Andy, let's move on to you. So do you just want to give a breakdown of? of where you guys are at at the moment and and what's currently happening?
2: Yeah, of course, mate. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, I mean, our first reaction that we had to make was obviously on Friday when the EFL suspended the fixtures. Um, So we went out and trained as normal, adapted the session slightly because it was a heavily tactical day and there was obviously no reason to really do that anymore. So we made it a bit more of a physical day. Um, And then on the back of that, we've kind of given the lads a period that almost looks like a winter break, I suppose, for the first time. You know, like the Premier League teams have just had, we've given them a little period of downtime where we sent them away with a programme. So we basically said, look, we'll see you uh, a week on Monday, gave them about nine days off, but sent them away with three levels of programme, depending on where you sit with regards to how many minutes you've played and things like that this season. Um, so we had some that were on a maintenance program that was loaded, some that were on a maintenance program that was unloaded because they've got slight issues and uh, some others that were still trying to develop some fitness so yeah we sent them away with that but even that to be honest has, has had to change over the course of the change in recommendations from the government and things like that because I think we're all adapting day to day at the minute uh, sorry about that, let me s- switch that off um, so yeah I think we're all adapting day to day so the pro- even the program I sent out to them Um, over the weekend for them to complete this week um, has had to adapt because players have got in touch and said, look, on the back of the recommendations, I'm I'm not sure I'm happy to go to the gym. Um, And we've just said, look, as a football club, we want to support you um, and and not put you in any sort of risk or anything like that. We obviously want to follow the government guidelines and things, and they've not shut it down. And we want to follow the EFL directives. And They've not told us to shut it down, but we, if our players aren't comfortable with it, we don't really want to put them in a position um, where they're not where they're not happy. So I've had to send out another program today that allows them to do uh, a home-based program. So it's all adapting all the time, and it's uh, yeah, it's, it's evolving really quickly. And we're all just having to keep uh, our ear to the ground with regards to what the EFL and the government are saying, and, and try and do at least meet their requirements, and also make sure that we're comfortable that we're giving our players the best care that we can to, to keep them out of harm's way really and obviously maintain their status as elite athletes.
0: It's a big uncertain time, isn't it? It's, it's a tough one because we don't know a timescale. Um, uh, to be honest, we, we, when we've ever been through anything like this before, it's a, it's a really uncertain and tough time, isn't it? But Ross, if we just move on to you, because we've got Andy and Joel that are with a first team, Ross is um, from an academy perspective, so it'd be great to get a little bit of balance between first team and academy. Um, Ross, what's the current situation with QPR?
3: Yeah, Ben, uh, um, similar timelines to what the guys said, really, in terms of Friday was the last day the guys were in. Um, we kind of, obviously, from the first team point of view, they, they've got to maintain a level of performance because they're going to be hopeful. Well, the government might change that now, but they were going to compete on the fourth. But from the academy point of view, we're taking a real precautious approach and we've not really given them a time frame to come back in. So similar to the guys we've given programs, we just isolated them from a program perspective straight away. Um, so everything to do, they could do at home, body weight work, uh, endurance work, kind of uh, runs that they could do on their own. We didn't really give them any gym work to do in terms of strength and power, which obviously isn't ideal, but we, we kind of came to the decision that we wanted to just take the biggest kind of precaution for their health really and their family's health. So, All the 23s and down are doing programs independently from cardiovascular work. It's an opportunity to work on some underpinning physiology that we wanted to improve and and get some VO2 max work in there and get some longer aerobic work in there and also to kind of switch to gym work, some more endurance-based stuff. So we're just playing it by ear, really, uh, 23s down. First team are due to be back in Monday, so they were given 10 days off. But the way things are going, I... Well, my opinion is I don't know if anyone's going to come back this season to play games anyway. So, yeah, we just kind of really precaution. We're getting people to feedback through apps, through WhatsApp, on top of their fitness. But it's, it's a real time of uncertainty for everyone, I think.
0: Yeah, definitely. And Joel, just to go back to you, I know you mentioned before about um, using certain apps and, and technology to... To link in with the players, so do you want to just go into that and, and break down what you guys are doing from that perspective?
1: Yeah, I think um, I mean from a I guess from a global perspective, we use um, apps like WhatsApp but just in general to communicate with players and groups. Um, and then for for this particular situation, we've just used um, a simple app, Strava. Um, that's been it's been quite effective for us, um, particularly when we have players that have gone back home to multiple different areas across the country um so setting them uh their programs albeit some are slightly different to others similar to what Andy um uh, talked about just them in regards to sort of players that have played more minutes and players that haven't um players that need a bit more than others or don't um and then it's really just the simplicity of feeding that back in through an application and then uh, from our perspective being able to track that and monitor that um, coming back into uh, an integration into training um, which has been yeah to be honest has been a lot a lot clearer and a lot easier as someone that I'd heard of Strava before but I wasn't currently using it um, I was using a different app uh, which is just a, a, like a Garmin app for for some of my external work that I do individually but for this to be able to have like a, a, a the ability to set up a team um, or multiple teams and then have yeah, even some sort of individual competition within that um, throughout a, a time period where it's been quite, um, a quite sort of serious in, in, in for many reasons, of course. But um, yeah, it's been um, it's been a good, good little challenge for them, something different as well than, than the environment that they've been used to coming into as well. Um, so yeah, we've had a really positive uh, positive impact from uh, from implementing that so far.
0: And it's certainly a a time for opportunity like Ross said, isn't it? To develop certain qualities that we possibly can't do in season. I think one of the big things that I wanted to dive into with this is like preparing for uncertainty and preparing for something that we don't really know. So Andy, to go back to you, like how, how are we constantly adapting? I know it's a really tough question because we don't, we don't know whether that's going to be in a week's time, players going to be available or not. Like, What's your mindset around it and and what's the sort of plan going
2: forward? It's really, really difficult. So originally, you know, that three-week timeline came out. I think our next game that we would, well, are due to play is the 4th of April against Sunderland away. So we saw it as an opportunity, I think, since Christmas. We had a nine-week period where we had seven double game weeks. So originally we kind of just looked at it and went, brilliant, we can give the lads a little bit of rest. And then we can have two weeks to build up into that next fixture. Um, but as kind of Ross touched on, uh, I think there's after the pm's uh, address yesterday I think there's massive uncertainty over whether that will go ahead now on April 4th um, so yeah, I think all of us as practitioners are quite happy to have adapted to that three week timeline but as you say, going beyond there, no one has really any idea of what timelines we're looking at whether we're now getting ready players ready for some sort of interim season where we finish this one off whether we're now getting players ready for next season and this one's going to end up not really being completed we just don't know so I'm just in touch with stakeholders every day as the lads have touched on we're in touch with the lads on whatsapp we've created a, a Strava group as well um, for the lads to record their, uh, their work on and we'll just have to keep updating the timeline as and when we can um, and try and keep it as 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 I've already touched on, as safe for our athletes, staff and their families as, as possible. But yeah, it's um, it's a challenging time that I think, um, you know, never known anything like it, never known anything like it. And one thing that I have done is used, well not used, but touched base with contacts in the game to kind of have a meeting similar to this, which is why I, I wanted to come on and and speak because I think for the younger practitioners as well, or for even for the more experienced ones, this there's never been a case like this in the past, and nothing's necessarily the right timeline, or the wrong time, or the right program, or the wrong program, it's just a case of all, all of us communicating, and trying to do the best for our athletes really, and, and adapting as, as we need to when it happens. So,
0: Yeah definitely, yeah. It's, it's something that I mean we hope to not go through again isn't it, but you're right like, we have to call on other people, don't we? We have to ask for advice. And we spoke on the phone before, and it's one of the first things that you said. You reached out to people straight away, tried to get other people's opinion. And even though they might not have an answer, you can have a discussion about it and try and come up to some sort of rational conclusion where mm-hmm. you can move forward. Yeah, but-
2: yeah definitely. And I, You know, as I say, I spoke to those people, but that didn't necessarily affect what we've done. It just kind of gives you a global idea of what's going on out there and how other people are, are using the time. I don't think, you know, you should go and speak to them and then just drop it into your team because that's what they're doing and they might have more experience than you. You've got to kind of justify it to where your team's at. And as I say, we had a, a nine-week period with seven double game weeks. So our, our focus was we're going to have some rest and we're going to give the lads some time to go away and spend some time away from the training ground. And now you're looking at it and you're going, right, well, at what point do we need to end that and actually start um, getting them ready to perform again? which as, as Ross touched upon, we are completely in limbo and, and we, we do have that performance side to consider whereas the academy guys are more working on kind of a longer term timeline. Um, so it's going to be an interesting period and we've just got to uh, keep adapting and keep listening to the recommendations that come down from either our club docs or, or the, uh, the people that run the leagues and, and the country.
0: And it's going to the real key is going to be if it stretches out to, and turns into us having to do like a pre-season period, isn't it? And get back into preparing the players because one thing we'll touch on in a little bit is how we're making sure that players, if it does stretch out to four, five, six weeks, how are we how are we really making sure that players are going to be able to step back into a, a high-performance team and, and play at the levels they were playing at before? Joel just mentioned off there about getting some great results recently. How do we then take a team that have then... Been, at, been away from the pitch and put them straight back in and say right go and perform again it's, it's a really tough thing yeah.
2: isn't it I think that's something that the authorities is going to have to consider when they do decide to put games back on is how long have we been out of competition for and what does it take and they're going to have to take advice off, uh, off of scientific uh, people on the back of it and, and go how long do these players need to get back into condition to play games because no matter what programme you've run in this period you're not going to have exposed players fully to the uh, to the nature of the game so i think yeah th- that responsibility is going to largely lie with them and then we're going to have to be given some time to recondition the lads especially the longer this goes on
0: definitely so just wanted to give a quick update on our community but more specifically at this moment in time is our network meetings so as i speak as a record both our Fleetwood Town and Rotherham United network meetings are set to go ahead now I do know that that could change any day Um, and obviously we'll be the first to put that out and let people know if if things do change. But we are meant to be at Rotherham United next week with Ross Burberry and Adam Pulford. Um, If there are any changes within the next few days, I will reach out to the guys that have got tickets, but there are still tickets available if you want to come out. Um, The presentations will then be available on the community We've also now, I was, I was looking at some of the webinars. We've got, we've got some top webinars on there and we're going to be adding some new ones very soon as well. But there's over five hours of webinars on there now. So if you do have a little bit of spare time, go and check those out because there's some great stuff on there um, in term, all, all areas of football fitness. And there's going to be some new ones, like I said, going on very soon. You can sign up to the community for free. You get a free month when you sign up and then it is only £4.99 a month. So just head over to footballfitfed.com, click the community tab, sign up there, you get a free month and then it'll start charging you $4.99 after that. And there's also 10 presentations from previous network meetings available now from loads of coaches, from Jack Naylor up at Celtic, uh, Will Abbott down at Brighton, Tom Little at Preston, there's loads on there, so... Go and check it all out. Some great discussions on the forum as well. It'd be great to have as many coaches on the community as possible. And like I said, if it if it is a time where you can um take make use of this opportunity and you have a bit more free time, then you can go and watch those webinars, which you might not have time to do normally. So it'd be great to have you on footballfitfed.com, click the community community tab and sign up there. Hope you're enjoying the episode and taking plenty from it so far. And here's part two with the lads. And Ross, just to jump back to you, mate. I, with the academy setup, obviously games come thick and fast, and there's there be. It's I suppose it's a little bit of a set up, different setup to um, first team level because I don't know how it is in terms of completing fixtures. Um, but what's the sort of adaptations you're having to make as these weeks go on? Week
3: Ben, so we've given players programs from 15s up to uh, a week's program. Basically, saying do this program for this week, and we'll update you maybe Saturday, Sunday night with a, with another week program or, or so on. But games have all been called off. I mean, th- we have to think about the health now and and kind of the, the games and stuff. Unfortunately, the football and stuff that we really love comes secondary at the minute. So we we can't have all these all loads of kids travelling from all over London, tubes and buses, and coming into the academy when. You know, maybe the people who are vulnerable aren't working at the club, but we we just have to be safe and sorry. So the way I see it, although not confirmed, is games will just be finished for the season, I think, from from 23s down. So it is going to be, like you said, longevity and clever in your programme and making variety, keeping players motivated. Um, But I just probably see this merging into the off-season and then preparing for players to come back in June. (laughs) So...
0: And then with some of the, the younger players, obviously it's not as easy as just to jump on a WhatsApp group and, and stay in yeah. with players that way. So what's the, what's the communication with players in this period? Yeah, at the moment,
3: it, from let's say 13s, 14s down, it's, they're still at school. So it's still engaging activity that you can do at school, still engaging lots of different activity, multi-sport, use it as an opportunity to explore different sports, etc. Um, if that then closes that's going to be the issue because keeping them active in, a, in an uncertain time where they can't go and play with their friends, they can't go and, and play around the park, which it could get to that point, that's going to be a bridge we're going to have to cross because like the guy said, when when they come back, even though they're kids, uh, there's going to be a massive spike in some injuries, I think, if we just go from, from such little activity to even training two, three times a week.
0: Yeah, and that's the danger, isn't it? And it's like what Andy said, we need the right People to make the right decisions in terms of fixtures and putting mm-hmm. players back into that environment. It's not as easy just to drop them back in after they've been doing a little bit of bodyweight stuff at home, is it? So Joel, to go for back sure. to yourself, mate. Like, what's the sort of mindset for you? Like, you talked about before getting some good results, results recently. So, with the players, like, if you do, hopefully, we get a good period to prepare them. But if we don't, like, what? What's the sort of setup from there?
3: Uh,
1: so, sorry mate can you just sorry just repeat that my ass mate just came in for a second
0: oh yeah no, no, I was just saying you mentioned before about getting the, the few good results um, obviously before this break what's the sort of mindset for yourself when um, players get dropped back into like to games well hopefully get dropped back into games if we don't get a period to prepare so if, it, if it's a short term period what's the sort of script and the, and the structure from there
1: Yeah, I think um, it it very much depends. I mean, my my mindset's the same as the players at the moment. We want to be able to be playing games as soon as possible from our perspective because we're playing well at the moment. But factors that are out of our control means that we cannot do that at this stage in, in, in time. So I think from moving forward, I think... Being able to manage, being able to manage the actual loads of the players and making sure that there's no there's not too much of a of an increase or a, or, or, or a, a quick spike in in how they integrate back into training and then into a game straight away. I think that's going to be a key for this for this shorter term period right now. Um, I think managing and and giving the players information on how they can better equip themselves coming back into an increased training load is is going to be more important, more than now than ever. Um, I think moving forward for the next sort of two to three weeks, if there is a period where we do come into games, it's 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 something that the governing body does. And I know um, Andy touched on it just before. It's something that the government, uh, the, the governing bodies do need to take into consideration and may need to to outsource to some external, uh, some external and internal people within the game um, as to sort of the the risk factors in, involved in that. Um, because they are, because they are largely very different from from having a, a period out to then playing playing some um, you know, you're playing championship games, you're playing League One and League Two games and Premier League games. These are these are big games, and at this stage of the season, at a lot of uh, you know, there's a lot riding on these games as well. So it also increases the you know, the intensity and the and the overall the overall impact of the games coming up. So definitely something that needs to be looked at from. From not only our perspective but also but also the governing body's perspective as they come into come into training,
0: yeah, definitely. I think it'd be good as well to just sort of delve into your planning of a player's programs. I've talked to a few coaches today, and they all seem to be up to air in terms of like getting programs out there to players and I think it'd be good to sort of break down the approach that you guys are taking. With players and also the approach that it's been when they when they've had access to a gym and and for potential lockdown as well. So if if players do get locked down and we're stuck in the house, like what's what's the approach from there? We'll start with you, Joel.
1: Yeah, I think are we? So I mean, being being in lockdown, I think they, there is still scope for players to be able to train isolated, whether that's at a at a at a, at a park locally or, or something like this, but. Uh, if, if something happens to the extent of where we'll have to have players isolated training for an extended period of time beyond this two or one or two week period, I think there is there is definitely um, a more onus on on maybe maybe decisions being made about um, you know calling the season off. Really, I mean, like I just don't understand how there can be a situation where you have an an extended period like where where does this extended period of time, where would it go to in regards to sort of how, how, our, how our guys are getting their, getting their stimulus into their training? I think the longer it goes on without monitoring the training, without training with the equipment that we have set up for them to be able to monitor and, and to be able to, to expose them to the high levels of training that they need in order to prepare them for a match, I think the longer that goes on, the more danger we put them at when they come back into, into match situations.
0: And then, to move on to you, Andy, like do you want to break down the approach that you 've taken with the the, the programs that you 've given the players
2: Yeah, yeah, so as I mentioned uh, mentioned before, we have three three levels of programming if you've played a lot of games, um, but you haven 't got issues that mean you know going out and doing straight line running or anything like that might cause you a problem, then you 're in a maintenance group that have got loaded conditioning and probably more strength sessions than we've been doing because of the amount of competition uh, we've been having in League One. Um, we've got another group that are some of our senior lads that have got a few issues and are deep into the season. So they're on a maintenance uh, maintenance programme in terms of their aerobic fitness um, that's unloaded or less loaded. And then we've got a development group um, who've got the same amount of gym and they've probably got an extra couple of sessions in there in terms of doing... Um, pitch base work and that varies from whether they're doing straight line running whether they're doing some small area conditioning, some larger, just trying to keep a general stimulus of everything we've built into them going at this time um, as I said I've developed a, a programme for the guys to use at home if they want don't want to go out into the gym and that's not a problem um, so we've, we've distributed them this literally this morning um, just as things start to escalate but going back to the bits you just talked about with Joel there, I think if we do go into a state of lockdown where you can't go out and do running or can't, that's when the season, like, there's no point even talking about continue on. We're talking about, you know, a risk to life uh, and things much, much, much bigger than football. And and At at that point, it's more about kind of letting the players just do whatever they need in that time and, and coming away from exercise or whatever they have to do. We can keep things going as much as we can at home, but I wouldn't even worry too much about it and then let's get them reconditioned when we actually do have a season in place because it pales in significance to, to what's going on out there. So at the moment, yeah, that's what we've got in place and, and it's just gonna be a case of adapting as we go as we go. But yeah, that's that's where we're at really. Oh ben, I think you're still on mute. No, right?
0: I'm back. There we go. Yeah that as I was saying that potential lockdown is it's um, unknown, isn't it? We don't really know what the sort of rules behind that are going to be, like in terms of going outside, leaving the house. And I know there's certain countries that are going through it at the moment, which it seems to be really, really strict yeah. in terms well, of leaving the house. My, um,
2: my friends, yeah, my friends, uh, girlfriends, Italian, and they can't leave the house now without a document to say that they're basically going shopping. They have to have gloves on. They have to have a mask on. Uh, they're only allowed one pair of shoes to wear outside, and they have to sanitize them when they get back. So, I mean, when you start talking in those sorts of terms, exercising outside becomes a very minimal worry, doesn't it? It's just, it's just care, uh, incredible what's going on out there. So, yeah, as I say, we're we're going to program as much as we can and keep the lads fit and keep the lads strong and healthy. But as soon as it gets something like that, I, I don't foresee myself and the gaffer and everyone like being on at the lads about their fitness at that point it just becomes you know do whatever you can maintain whatever you can but anything outside of it we've just got to pick up the pieces when we get out of this really
0: and what about yourself for so talking about potential lockdowns what's the sort of mindset and approach to that for you guys
3: yeah I
0: guess at the minute we're uh, we're on the presumption that we can still go out
3: and run outside and, and use parks and stuff so I've kept a few things back. I've started at kind of a a basic level. So physiologically looking at some longer um, aerobic runs and which gives us a few weeks where we can program kind of stuff because I foresee that it's definitely going to go on for a few weeks. And that's the same for the gym stuff as well. We've kind of stripped it back to kind of basics so that we've got stuff up our sleeve to reintroduce to kind of add a little bit variety over three or four week period if we need to. Um but I totally agree with Andy. I think that if it gets to a point where we're at lockdown and health is number one priority, we might be able to give them a couple of sessions to do um advice and maintenance, body weight stuff, you know, some some home video stuff, but that's gonna be last on the list of keeping everyone safe and and you know, I th- I think then you've got to respect the lives of the players and the families as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. And and with that, you made a really good point now in terms of variety and keeping players um, sort of on track and focus with things, and it'd be good to sort of delve into that a little bit because we've we've rem- removing you as a coach out of the situation and simply just programming for players, it becomes quite tough, doesn't it? Because we probably don't realise the amount that we do within a session in terms of motivating and, and keeping players on track. So you mentioned there briefly about having holding things back. So do you want to? Can you delve into that any more? Like what what's up yeah, of with of our best players? Yeah, for sure.
3: Um, so in terms of the running stuff, we've kind of programmed VO2 max intervals and, and even two-minute aerobic power stuff, so four-minute runs, two-minute runs, and we've given them targets to hit. So, for example, minimum of 1K for a four-minute and 600 meters for a two-minute run, which kind of then they have to feed back into us. On that so at least we're getting some data on the level they're working at but of course there's huge variance amongst the players and and the fit ones that can do it anyway but at least it gives them some motivation to do it um, i also make them report it back onto the group so everyone can see everyone's running i understand for some people that might be a little bit embarrassing but it just gives everyone an eye opener and just sees where everyone is and, and it means they're accountable for their work as well um, in terms of that physio- physiology, then we can then progress that really simple to doing, you know, shorter, more intense intervals, one minute intervals, thirty second tempo type running, mass type running, sabata type work, um, repeat sprint stuff. So we can, we've got lots of weeks where we can start to program uh, variations of this to make it more interesting for them and, and to give them a different stimulus as well um from a gym perspective then like i said we've gone back to the basics around endurance work so endurance work for hamstrings some glute endurance work even isometric for squatting patterns single leg work etc and you can progress that to introducing some body weight eccentrics over time make things in the frontal plane work the adductors a little bit more um and just start to give them something different as the weeks go on because i guess the endurance kind of stimuli isn't going to be enough over time to keep them progressing. So with the science hat on, there's things up my sleeve that I can kind of give them over the weeks to come. But as Andy said, we're monitoring the the situation and and that goes out the window, essentially, if if things escalate.
0: Yeah, definitely. Joel, what about yourself, mate, in terms of keeping players on track and, and motivating players? And what's the sort of approach from you guys?
1: Yeah, yeah, Ben. So, um, uh, like as I pointed out before, we've we've started up um, some some different programs and protocols for individuals that are on different. Um, yeah, they basically have different different programs to each other. But some of those that, that do have the same program, it has been a really good a uh, really good reaction from that um, in 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 regards to their uh, the sessions that they've been posting up on on the Strava app and and sort of creating that kind of. Uh, I guess um, yeah, in that inter sort of um, uh, yeah, comp- yeah, in the competitive kind of street with them has really been it's really been a positive for us um, throughout a period where we, uh, yes, of course we don't know exactly how long this is going to go on for. Um, so yeah, we've we've played around with a few ideas in regards to yeah, some longer volume sites style running, running as well, um, some HSR sort of high speed running protocols, and just giving them some options as well. Um, has been the key for us. So particularly with our first team group, um, we've been able to to give them additional options for for what we want. We know what targets we want them to hit within the session, but we can give them different variations of those on on how to, you know, we have total distance um, targets for each individual, but we have two or three different ways of, of going about achieving that. Um, and yeah, it's been providing sort of some some really good stimuli for us to uh, sort of feed back into into them, and on, also from their perspective to uh, to sort of throw a little bit of banter around with each other as well. So um, it's been uh, it's been good in that respect, and and I think just simply having something that's different to to not only the environment and the style of training that they do have, so some of them have just enjoyed wearing trainers instead of boots for instance you know it's just something that's slightly different to, to what they' usually uh, to what they're usually doing as well and that that goes we look after a 23s group as well and that's the same for them as well so um, very much very much um, working across our key KPIs but then finding different options and different ways about doing that um, and just putting it back into into the athletes hands in terms of uh, the, the autonomy of choice that they have to, to choose which way they want to go about their business today.
0: Awesome, mate. I think the, the last little bit, I think it'd be great to sort of open up to you guys. And if you've got questions for each other, uh, I think it'd be good to sort of open it up and, and ask anything or get advice from each other where you see fit. So is there, is there anything that you guys want to sort of discuss or um, put to each other? Guys, how are, you managing, uh,
2: how are you managing the injuries in this time? Are you bringing them in? Are you... Are you... Are they on remote programs as well? We've um we've not had troubles with this, but it's something that I think we've got to consider because you know, when if the season does start back up, <clears throat> the managers are gonna want them. So how are we making sure that they're doing the the right work to to get back in? Joel or Ross, or whoever whoever wants to jump in, just jump in.
3: Um yeah. yeah. Go on, Joel, you go
2: first,
1: mate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I mean from from our perspective we've um we thankfully don't have too many injuries at the moment, but those that do, there's a bit of a contrast between where they are in terms of their rehab. So I think it's not a massive. Well, it, it can have potential ramifications for, for sort of acute stage rehab where you need to have those acute management strategies as well. Um, so simply put, that we have we have our, our simple acute acute protocols from the early stage, but as the rehab then progresses on and the surrounding Um, the surrounding, uh, I guess, medical process that you have in in place at your club in terms of your equipment, um, that then has a limiting factor into sort of where you can go from your rehab from there. So we can look at having, you know, uh, usual, a uh, uh, proper GPS unit coming out for their for their training sessions and gathering those those essential KPIs for for each for each of the metrics, but also how we can actually come back in after the session where they'd usually have a multiple array of different of different uh, modalities of uh, of, uh, of rehab material. Now it's potentially not going to become available for them, so it's it's really going to have a limiting factor. I think from the from the short term point of view, but then again, we have some, it just depends on what kind of, what stage they are in terms of their rehab, I think.
3: Ross, do you want to go into that as well? Yeah, of course. Sorry, Joe. I don't want to jump into you again. Um, Yeah, I guess guess, the ones that are more acute are actually going into the training ground a couple of days a week with a physio member. Um, So... Yeah, there's an element of risk there, but I think from from the club point of view, it's essential that they get the early treatment that they need and use the special equipment and stuff like that. Those that maybe are back to some sort of functional movement and some sort of running capacity can fit into the program. It actually will fit in quite nicely with, with their rehab, um, and then they're getting some more advice from the, the physio and the support staff around different exercises they can do or load in some capacity that they can do at home so it's, it is very difficult um, hopefully they just all turn up fit when, when we come back but <laughs> um, it's a little bit more complicated than that of course um, but yeah there's still contact with the club um, with a couple of key injuries and how long that goes on for I guess is going to be um, uh, determined by the, the guidelines
0: Has anyone else got anything to talk to each other? or um,
3: if I, I can put something to him, Ben, while I'm on here. There um, you go. Obviously, you've got, I mean, one biggest worry is, I mean, the, the fitness and the, you know, the speed and high-speed running and gym work. I think we can get back over time or whatever time we go back. The biggest thing for me in terms of an injury thing is adductors and, and how do we go from essentially doing maybe straight line running, linear running, to some maybe curved and change direction to... A, a weekly, even if we taper it right down when they first come back in, if they've been out of football for three, four months, what's everyone's thinking on trying to get the adductors at some capacity in the pubis and pelvis to, to be able to cope with some form of football when they go back?
2: i to jump in there, Joel. I'll start us off. So I, we have put some groin conditioning in there because classically, as you do mention, when you when they have a break, I think all of us will say sort of in the first 10 days of pre-season when they first come back and go back to football training calves, groins tend to be your areas where you do get a lot of uh, soreness Um, so we have put some Copenhagens in the programme we um, on some of the runs they've got change of directions in there so it's not perfect and as you say I think it's one that you're going to have to monitor it's going to be one that's going to be key for your uh, wellness questionnaires if you do them in the morning checking everyone that that reports any issues around those areas but yeah we're just making the best out of a bad situation really and trying to trying to keep some level of groin conditioning in there I think obviously you guys might have a bit more equipment than me but if you've got your baselines for groin bar and and squeezes and things like that um, you'll have baselines from before they went away hopefully at some point and you can test them when they come back in and just see where they're at and manage them but yeah it's going to be having that relationship with the coach as well and making sure that you don't go from doing loads of straight line to a uh, twenty minute technical drill where they're slapping the ball in with their instep every t- every you know thirty seconds. There's another ball to play. There's another ball to play. So it's just going to be reintegrating them gently, like at start of the preseason. But we are trying to add some of that work into this uh, into this makeshift program that exists at the minute.
1: Cheers, and again, good question, Ross. Um, I think. Yeah, from, from I guess from the acute stage now is, is making sure that that's complementary within the isolated programs that they do have. Um, but I think this is, could be pretend, potentially a, an unprecedented time period in which they do not have uh, a, an environment to be able to work through those, through those key target areas, meeting hamstrings, adductors, pubic region, all that kind of stuff. Um, this is the first time potentially that they could have in the off season. On a normal on a normal off season, they'll have maybe two or three weeks off, and then and then they're coming back in. Even those periods, you'll see players these days spend lots and lots of time working with with external personnel um, and and working through those qualities anyway. Um, with with a with a with a longer time period away from each other, I feel as though there's definitely more risk involved in in not being able to have that have that if if, if individuals are doing it. it you know, for themselves or for for something that's done through the club if they don't have the right facilities even if if gyms are closed from their own personal use it's it's for the first time it's it's going to be a long period of time in which they're they're not doing that work where where normally in their in their usual off seasons they'd have a a period where you can manage that turnaround um I think ensuring for the for the short term that that's involved in their programs definitely that's that's something that's non-negotiable I think as, as this potentially can go on a bit longer, that's where you start to have some issues in, in regards to sort of reconditioning back into into their, uh, into their programs and into potentially a, a new season and, and a new pre-season period. So then again, more than now than ever, then um, to have that, that buy-in from, from the gaffer and from, from those ex, you know, those additional personnel um, in regards to sort of grading that, you might see pre-seasons done quite differently um, going into, into the next season. So yeah, plenty to uh, plenty to still about.
3: Yeah, cheers, guys. I, I I just wonder quickly, Ben, just to extend onto that: is at what point then do we, whilst we can still get out and about, do we incorporate some technical work into it and start? Because the the strength work and the adducts work is essential, but there's nothing like repetition of passing or you know twisting, turning, in and, and, which we can only mimic so much, but. Is it worth us actually getting them against the wall and getting them to do 30 passes on each leg and stuff just to maintain some sort of specific condition? I guess,
2: yeah, I, I think definitely, Ross, especially in the situation you're in with academy players, they're, they're gonna their ball mastery is massive for them at this stage in their development, especially for the younger age group. So, yeah, I think definitely should be doing that sort of work um, and in terms of with the first team lads i think it depends how long this goes on i think ideally yeah you can send them out there and get them to do it but i think the longer this goes on um, there's going to be a need to get them out there on on a ball somehow
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i definitely think it just like andy said then it's 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 highly dependent on how long how long this period's out i think it's it can be slightly different for for a um for an academy player, um, I mean, I've had under twenty threes um, speak to me individually and ask if, if they can do some you know, some external work on their own. As the government legislation is at the moment, that's that's okay to do. Um, even in you know, potentially in the in the future, doing their own stuff, yeah, like like Ross set up against the wall, doing some, you know, coming back into kind of that old school old school work that we all did when we were younger. I mean, that's definitely definitely a viable option. Um, but I think from a from a from a first team point of view, it's highly dependent on. Um, on how long this goes on
0: for
3: yeah perfect cheers guys
0: lads I think that was top Um, I think we've covered quite a bit there and hopefully give a decent bit of perspective for other coaches going through obviously everyone's in the same boat at the moment and it's, it's a case of what we've touched on already it's just uncertainty and a case of reacting and adapting isn't it but I do think there's been some some key discussions there on the sort of mindset and approach to it so I, I appreciate you all coming on thank you very much for giving up your time um, and hopefully fingers crossed we're going to be back to training and playing as soon as possible
2: Cheers guys stay safe no Cheers
0: guys thank you Cheers lads Thank you Thank you for listening to episode 68 it was great to get the lads on and um I think the episode worked out the way I wanted it to I wanted to cover the current situation and I know it was a tough one because there aren't um, specific ways and, and means that we need to put in place right now, it is a case of constantly adjusting but I wanted to speak to three guys that are involved in it and see what they're doing and see what their experiences have been so far and I think the discussions they had and some of the things they covered was absolutely perfect, so I hope that was beneficial for anyone listening and you can hopefully apply it to your current situation um, I think, I mean in terms of takeaways, it's a, it's a very different episode this one but I think one of the key points that, that Andy made was in a situation like this, drop the ego reach out to fellow coaches they, they might not have the answer like he said in the in the episode, but at least you can discuss it have opportunities to come up with solutions and just put different ideas in your head and it just gives you that reassurance it gives you that um, network of people to reach out to so i think that was the biggest thing for me and we obviously we talk about that time and time again but especially at a time like this where it's so uncertain and it's there's no specific way of going forward i think it's even more applicable and important that we have that network around us you can go and follow the lads they're all on twitter so um, ross's handle is at ross two oh one one eight nine Andy is um at Andy Johnson but the um O's in his name are zeros and then you can follow joel at jm Carter and then the number ninety two I just want to say a special thank you as well to Joel because um We did have to change last minute with um, Matt unfortunately not being able to make it, Matt Wilmot. So Joel stepped in literally with about an hour to go before we record and he was top quality. Um, So big thank you to Joel for stepping in because he he gave some great insight Um, and I wanted to get three people on it really. I think it worked quite well with three people. So yeah, big thank you to Joel, but to Andy and Ross as well. It was great to catch up with them again and I hope you took plenty from it. But reach out. Please share this one. I I do ask for it to be shared normally, but I think this is even more important. Send it out to people that are going to be in the position where they need advice, they need help um, with players and and the current situation. Share it, Twitter, um, retweet it, send it out on Instagram, um, share the link on WhatsApp. However, whatever means necessarily to to get this word out, it'd be amazing to get this to, to as many people as possible. And any feedback you've got, like I said at the start, uh, drop us a message, mail at footballfitfed.com or Twitter at footballfitfed, Instagram at footballfitfed, uh, Fit Fit even. Again, thank you very much for listening. Um, I'm just going to replicate what I said at the start. Stay safe, look after your loved ones, and I'll speak to you again next week.